Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. You'll want to sit tight this hour as host Mike Abadir and co-host Gino Bacola talk to the experts, celebrities, and figures from the worlds of sports and business of sports. We cover the NFL, baseball, basketball, soccer, and horse racing, so we have all of the bases covered. Now, we just need your participation. Here is your host, Mike Abadir. Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. This is your host, Mike Abadir. It is Thursday, November 3rd. We are in the month of November. Now we get one of my favorite times of year. We got two days of horse racing that are unlike any other. I'm talking, of course, about the Breeders' Cup. So we're going to be talking a lot of Breeders' Cup today, talking a little bit of NFL, Major League Baseball, and, of course, I'm going to have some guests but we're going to get started with Pop DiBiase, my main man, and uh, handicapper extraordinaire. Pop, what's going on, bud? Man, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling great. Feeling even better that I'm here with you, brother. Good, man. Now, I'm going to be honest with everybody here. Yesterday, I was with my dad getting ready to handicap the Breeders' Cup, and he took a really bad fall, hit his head, uh, got injured. And I was telling him, man, you got to be careful. And guess what I just did five minutes ago? I just took a bad fall, <laughs> cracked a rib, and and hurt my wrist. No joke. So mm-hmm. I am in pain, but there's nothing better to cheer me up than horse racing, man. Mike, you might. So Mike will be making, will probably be making a uh, trip to the emergency room after he's done. <laughs> It hurts to breathe, I'll tell you that much. But I've broken a rib before, okay. and uh, there's really no cure for it. You just have to wait it out, take a couple painkillers and, and that type of thing, you know? Right, right. Is uh, Your sleeping will be probably off a little bit tonight. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. So let's get things going here. We're, uh, we're a little bit behind schedule. I want to hear your thoughts about this World Series so far because it's been – a roller coaster, really, of emotions for the Astros and the Phillies. Well, I would say that the series is kind of going the way that you, you would assume it would go in the first four games, and then we'll figure out who wants it more tonight. You know what I mean? I think that it's been incredible pitching on both sides in the games that it needs to be incredible pitching. The Phillies had themselves a game in the first game where they came back and were able to win the game in um, – extras and then the next night you had the Phillies dominate I mean not the Phillies but the Astros dominate is everybody back everybody Um, I should be welcoming myself live radio has its uh, glitches when you're (laughs) when you're me I guess because uh like I was saying, I had a, a real nasty fall earlier. And then right now, I just terminated the entire uh, dialogue between Pop DiBiase and I accidentally because I was trying to mute it because my dog started barking. And then instead, I ended it. So that's why it's a little bit choppy and interrupted. But hey, that's live entertainment for you. So, Pop, I apologize about that, man. Welcome back. You were telling me about your thoughts about this topsy-turvy roller coaster of a World Series, and I think you got caught off. So please continue, my friend. Well, uh, where, where where was I at last, though? 
You know what? That's a good question. So you could just reset it however way you want, brother. Well, all I got to say is that the World Series should be the first topic of discussion for all these talking head shows in the morning because it's a world championship. It's not a regular game. And we shouldn't be trying. And then as bad as they were sounding today, they were talking about Houston as if the Houston Astros are the underdog here. No, they are nowhere near being the underdog here. Like literally the Phillies are like a, a, a feel good story that only comes out of a movie right now, the way that they are. There were four teams that won over a hundred games this year. You should be talking more about how great the parody was in the playoffs for the national league and how the Astros were an absolutely incredible team to watch to show you how to play baseball. But no, they want to talk about the small, the little things like, why ain't there no uh, brothers playing on the uh, either side? That's, that has nothing to do with race. That has nothing to do with nothing because there's plenty of black players in the uh, MLB right now that are doing a great job of keeping the game going and, and influencing the next uh, group of young African-American players to get to baseball. I think that will have a heavy influx of African-American players coming into baseball as well as they did this year to try to sell the game to the inner city community, as I guess that they were trying to do this year in a sense. So I think that you can't keep chasing the, the political side of things. Baseball is not, not the, that type of sport. They, baseball is a thinking man's game. The toughest sport of all the major sports, in my opinion, because you have to think more than you have to be physical in it. And I'm thinking to myself that this is a tailor-made classic World Series. It's in the lines of, say, the Twins versus the uh, Braves which was one of the greatest World Series I ever seen, where you really don't know who the winner is going to be. But I truly think that the Astros wrap it up with these next two games. The Astros literally sent the message last night that they are not to be uh, messed with, and they went ahead and no-hit them last night after giving up five home runs the night before. And I would think that that would be a great selling point to start your show off with, that a team hit five home runs last night and all their – their top players were the ones hitting the home runs. Bryce Harper hit a home run. Hoskins hit a home run. It's That's incredible. Then last night, you saw how baseball was in a structural sense where some where they take advantage of the, the station-to-station type of mentality. And that was beautiful to watch with the Astros get five runs in a, in a very surgical way. And I felt like, man, we're getting taught the, the game, retaught the game of baseball all over again to show you how you can win in baseball and how fun baseball truly is. And I think that you cannot do that to the World Series, put it on the back burner as if it's just another, another day in baseball. Dude, this is the World Series. This used to be the biggest event in America when it came on. Let's not disrespect the World Series, and that's it. So many good points there that you laid out. Uh, and you know what? We didn't even discuss this beforehand. We started off with the World Series because it's meant to be the first priority topic of the day. It is the biggest event in the world of sports. And you and I hadn't even choreographed this. You know, we both had the same thoughts about starting with the World Series. We're like-minded. And we're being treated to a really, really good epic world series i like that you mentioned the uh, braves and twins absolutely epic 
and the series before that even the pirates and the braves was epic where uh, barry bonds was still had that reputation of not being able to get to the world series and then there was a sid bream throw and then they get to uh, uh, an epic world series that was the metrodome probably the loudest baseball stadium in the world because it was indoors obviously um and uh this one compares and i think that the reasons that you laid out are absolutely legit um i also think i'm going to stick with my original prediction which is that the houston astros are going to win the world series i am rooting for the astros i'm going to be very candid because i'm rooting for dusty baker and that segues into something that you were just talking about a moment ago where a lot of the lead in the shows are about just they want to be negative right black uh, right. number of black players in the world series the lowest since 1959 or whatever well here's the thing oh. like you said there are they're not just a good number of of black players they're superstars some of the biggest names in the game so right and we have a lot of young talent also that's coming right. up you know like hunter green for example that dude hits like 103 miles an hour uh, he's just not showcased because he's on the Reds, right? Think you know. So there's a lot of guys. But here's the funny thing: I'm gonna hit you with something real funny, funny like in the ironic kind of sense. Okay, so we've heard the, that same conversation about NFL coaches, right? Like, oh, well, right. you know, the NFL is whatever, 65, 70 percent black, but coaches are like 95 percent white. Well. How about now? You have a black guy coaching 0% blacks. Dusty Baker. You see what I'm saying? Like, like he he's not complaining. Nobody should be complaining. It's just the way it works out sometimes. Now, I'm not saying that there isn't enough uh, black representation in the highest jobs, because there probably isn't. I just thought it was kind of uh, ironic that nobody brings that up, that he's he's coaching a team without any black guys, and he himself is black. So commend the Houston Astros on the hire. I think Dusty Baker is one of the greatest managers of all time. Definitely uh, top two or three on my list, without a doubt. Maybe even number one if he gets this World Series. Not that he has to get the World Series, but it's something that evades him, and I'm rooting for it. I want to see it happen. Like I've mentioned on the show many times, he's the only manager in history that's won the division title with five different teams. So when you're in the only club pop, you're doing something right. Okay. Now the game at hand, Christian Javier, Abreu, Montero, Presley, nine innings, no hit ball, 14 strikeouts, and only three walks. Hats off to them. And they had some good timely hitting. You know, it, it, it was just one big inning and it's all they needed was inning number five. Five runs scored, fifth inning. Now we're hitting to game five. Good stuff, man. Yes, it is. And just real quick to the point of black players, it's like don't make it seem like it was done on purpose. That's what I didn't like what the media was trying to draw up. It wasn't done on purpose where there ain't no brothers playing out, out here. These teams, these teams just don't – these teams just ain't called them up from the farm. That's all it is, man. And so let's not play that game because it's not 1947 again. You know what I mean? It's not Jackie Robinson era. We're not having an issue with 
bringing black players in. It's about do you want to participate in baseball? We we don't we can't keep you know putting millions into inner city programs if nobody's showing up for it. It's that simple. You know what I mean? So. Yep. You know, at the end of the day, it's nothing discriminatory. And I just want to make sure people understand that. And it's coming from a brother saying that as well, too. <laughs> Amen to that, man. I hear you loud and clear. And I think we're on the same page about this. You know, it's not that we don't want to see, you know, uh, the game flourish. Just overall. Right. You know, I'm not a, a color guy. You know what I mean? Like, you know, but my parents raised me a little bit differently than, than others. They're like you know, race and color should never be an excuse. Same here. Go in there and do your thing like you're colorblind, right? And so right. to me, it never mattered. You know, I grew up with a lot of white friends, black friends, like it, Asian friends, a lot of Asian friends. It, it didn't really matter to me. It wasn't a part of the the uh, dialogue or conversation or, uh, you know, you're trying to get people uh, like a diverse cast of friends. No. You just become friends with people that you like, and that's kind of the way it works. And right now, like you said, it's not intentional that there are no blacks in the World Series, uh, just like it's not intentional that there's a black manager in the World Series. You get the best people for the job, and that's the bottom line. You're going to have some teams that maybe have a greater representation. You're going to have some teams that have a lesser representation. Unfortunately, we have zero representation. We've probably spent too much time on this in segment number one because we're taken away from the World Series, but we're almost like addressing the topic that these other knuckleheads are talking about uh, to start off their shows. And like I said, they want to bring the negative element to it, um, and we're we're both addressing that. But this is an epic World Series so far, split two to two. Now it's a best of three. Home field shifts over to the Astros. And I am looking forward to these next three games intertwined with the Breeders' Cup World Championships coming to you live from Keeneland tomorrow and Saturday. So we're going to take a quick commercial timeout. And when we come back, Pop and I will be talking some horse racing. We're also going to be joined by my man, Judd, racing with Judd. You guys have heard him before. It's tradition he comes on during the Breeders' Cup Thursday, and we will continue with that. Stay with us, everyone. We'll be back right after this. Tune into the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. 
all the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back, everyone. Time for some horse racing talk. I'm excited for it. And by the way, if I sound slightly out of breath or sound a little bit different, it's because every breath I take is painful with a cracked rib. Uh, no bueno here. So I'm going to power through it. I'm going to take a couple a couple things that will make me feel a little bit better and get through the day and probably sleep better at night. Uh, but now that that's out of the way, let's bring in my man Judd. We always have him on before the Breeders' Cup. He's got excellent picks, so he's going to compliment what Pop and I bring to the table. I would recommend if you guys are playing pick threes or pick fours or even exact to try boxes, supers, whatever, throw in some runners from each of us. I've thrown in Judd's picks for the Breeders' Cup in the past, and I have not regretted it, folks. So hit him up. He'll let everybody know how to reach him. You guys obviously know how to reach Pop and I, but we'll lay all that out as well. Judd, what's going on, my man? Nothing much. Just getting ready. You know, living in Kentucky, it's Breeders' Cup time. It's excitement. You feel the energy. You know, it's hard to get sleep at night. Ready to get through it and get some good racing tomorrow. That's awesome, man. So let me ask you this, because I've kind of gone back and forth about this when it comes to live racing. I love horse racing. I love supporting horse racing. Sometimes I'm like, I got to be there for the big event. I've been to the Breeders' Cup Championship several times when it was at Santa Anita. But then there was also a time where I'm like, you know what? I, I get caught up with so many conversations, seeing friends there and 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 people that uh, maybe know who I am for whatever reason. And they come up to me, hey, uh, we listen to the radio show or something about the NFL. Uh, and I almost get like interrupted a lot, even though I love seeing friends and, and making new friends. What where do you stand if you're looking at it like a business? Do you will you go to Keeneland tomorrow or Saturday or are you like you know what I don't even know how far you are from Keeneland, but is that something you're going to be attending or do you prefer to be in front of your computer, TV on, racing app, etc.? Uh, I think I'm going to get out there Saturday. Uh, okay. I got a buddy that's going with me Saturday. Now, if you're asking me. What would I rather enjoy? You know, it's kind of funny. Uh, in the summer, I coach a, a swim team, and I'm really big into the Del Mar meet. So all of our practices and stuff are always scheduled in the morning. And then for Del Mar, I just kind of bury myself in the basement for about uh, about good nine hours and really really digging in that Del Mar feeling. So you know, it kind of it kind of depends on the type of person you are. You know, if you're growing with a group of people, uh, going to the track is the best feeling ever. You know, I was at the track uh, Wednesday, buddy group of us are. Um, owned a horse and family owned a horse and uh, was able to watch them win. And, and it's one of the coolest feelings in the world. You know, there wasn't a lot of people there, but uh, yeah, yeah. I, it just depends on who you are. You know, I, when, whenever, you know, friends come around and stuff, you know, I always take them to the track and I kind of enjoy the, the gold room at Churchill Downs is a beautiful place to go to. And it's a nice place to experience. The problem about Keeneland is, man, it's probably the most beautiful track in the world. 
but it's uh it's very small i mean they're going to pack a lot of people in there and parking and you're just going to be packed together it, it's it's a different place that's awesome man now uh we want to know what's the name of your horse and before i ask pop if he's going to santa anita tomorrow give us a little bit about the local forecast i know couple of weeks ago somebody looked at the 10-day forecast and started tweeting about how it's going to be a downpour and being negative nelly about it what does it look like for the next couple of days clear and fast or are we looking at slop are we looking at races coming off the turf where do things stand uh 24 hours uh and counting less than 24 hours well for what i'm hearing it's going to be a beautiful day uh, tomorrow we should have clear skies tomorrow absolutely beautiful rain one of my buddies is a pilot and actually he is listening right now and texting me i go to him for all my weather stuff Connor, i know he's listening hey he's yo, what's up Connor? Saturday what's up buddy rain. he said uh saturday we got some rain possibly in the morning but i think from a breeder's cup standpoint in kentucky i think it's gonna be a very nice day of racing i'm not expecting any off off track stuff anything that's gonna affect that maybe a little just maybe a little mildew in the morning we had a little mildew in the morning uh, this morning and a little cut in the grass, but nothing that should affect the handicapping. Well, see, Pop and I, we're not used to that, right, Pop? I mean, uh, there's some meets where probably there's not a single race that comes off the turf <laughs> because there's there's almost no rain out here at all. That's the one thing that I hate about the East Coast, and I'm not dissing on the East Coast or any racing from you know anything uh, east of the Mississippi, but handicapping gets tough when you have like a 14 horse field and a bunch of also eligibles uh just like on any regular day at belmont or saratoga or something and then you handicap it and then you find out that there's a bunch of scratches and it's off the turf and now you have to re-handicap it again from scratch so uh i'm, I'm hoping everything stays intact uh, i think that the track could probably handle it and a little bit of wetness, by the way, is going to be very favorable to the Euro horses, in my opinion. So maybe if you guys are handicapping out there, keep that in mind. Pop, are you going to uh, Santa Anita tomorrow or Saturday? Uh, I may be. I would much rather be there tomorrow because it's open, it's closing weekend at Santa Anita, and Friday is a little bit. I like the track when it's a little bit more empty. So I do like going there on. I might be there tomorrow. I, it looks like I'll probably be there tomorrow. Um, more than anything, I'll be a little busy Saturday, but um, I'll definitely be betting all day Saturday as well, too. But, um, yeah, I might be. I might possibly just be in the dungeon on uh, Friday because Doug and the team, they're in um, Kentucky right now. He got a bunch of horses running at the Breeders' Cup, so I won't be in my usual spot. But, yeah. you know, I, I do like going down and being – I do want to take – uh, part in the Santa Anita card as well too. Breeders Cup is great, but Santa Anita has a, a has great great races and great purses during these uh, Breeders Cups, uh, Kentucky Derby weekends and things like that. Absolutely, I wanted to talk about that a little bit. Um, but uh, the Doug, by the way, that Pop is talking about, of course, is Kentucky Derby uh, winning trainer, multi Derby winning trainer Doug O'Neill, of course friend of the show close friend with pop that's actually how i got introduced to doug o'neill uh but let's let's get out of here but i th do i do want to comment on that I, I like tracks that are able to put together an event surrounding another event so like you said kentucky derby cards breeders cup cards when you have santa anita going uh even golden gate tries to put together a, a, a nice card out here i love that because uh you kind of have a chance for 
the second tier jockeys and beyond, right? Because a lot of the big guns, you know, will head out to for these big events. And so uh, it's a different type of handicapping. And with that, you get a lot more uh, value, price opportunities. You don't get that horse that's like bet down. Hopefully I'm not jinxing it. Tomorrow every horse will be like one to nine, right? <laughs> but anyways, let's get to it. Um, since Judd is our uh, guest of honor here, why don't you uh, pick a place in the form, a race number that you want to start with uh, tomorrow and let's just talk about it. Yeah, one thing I do want to add about that weather. Uh, sure. The, it's going to be real windy this weekend. Real, okay. real windy. Um, 25 knots out of the south coming in. So it's going to be extremely windy. But I'll start with uh, the six, the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf Sprint tomorrow. I always try to give you a price in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Sprint. I feel like it's the uh, the race that you can just, you know, take the fastest horse and go. Luckily, there's no Golden Pal this year. I know he's, he's in the, on Saturday. But when I look at this race and I dive into it, I think the biggest um, – misleading quote out there that people like to say is Bob Baffert can't win on turf. And uh, uh, speed, he's got the speed in this race to tomorrow. And speed Amen. on the beach with Flavian Pratt. Yeah, an outside draw, Flavian Pratt. Bullet Works had the fastest main special weight race on the dirt at Del Mar. Went five and a half furlongs at 101 and four. The runner-up was a $2.6 million purchase on the second start. Fort Bragg was third. He came back to win a main special weight. He was DQ, but he was still much the best. Second start, nice little $100,000 stakes at Santa Anita. Rolls 55-1. and one. Fastest horse in this race. Outside draw, Flavian Pratt. You got Bob back for training the best of all time. I absolutely love it. And Pop and I, I'm sure both, I'm sure you agree, Pop, uh, that Baffert's got a lot of haters out there, and he does have that reputation of being like a dirt track guy. You get a lot more value on uh, on the turf for sure. And this is a square price. I like it a lot. This is for horse players out there who are taking notes. Race six, horse number 11. And this is the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf Grade 1 event, the turf sprint at five and a half furlongs. Pop, did you have an opinion about this race, or should we keep it moving? I do have an opinion about this race. Oh, please chime in. I do have to agree with Judd that everything looks great on Speedboat uh, Beach. You love a horse that won on both surfaces as well, too, at the condition as well. But there's a horse that I really do like a lot coming into this race, and that's going to be Sharp as Attack. Sharp, sharp as Attack, one on, one on debut with Tyler Bays riding the horse uh, at Santa Anita. Then came back around, got a good win in the uh, Tyro B over at uh, Mammoth, and then went over to uh, Kentucky Downs. And did not disappoint. Wound up finishing second to uh, Private Creed in a pretty good race as the favorite as well, too. So Sharpest Attack has the number that you like at 15-1. to 1. And I'm going to throw in a third horse for you as well, too, with Love um, Reigns, the two-horse here. Um, this horse looks really good. And it's a Wesley Ward. And the horse is coming off of a good win over at Saratoga as well, too. Uh, Stakes winner as well coming out that group. And the horse broke their maiden. On the turf at Keeneland, that's always a wise guy uh, play, in my opinion. When you see a horse that broke their maiden at Keeneland and they ain't been back to Keeneland since the run, but now they're going to be in a big race at Keeneland at the same condition. And I know it was maiden special weight. It was different, but the horse has been prepped to be that good of a horse. And they're juveniles. They're babies. What do they know? You know what I mean? Absolutely. Amen. So, look, I'm not trying to copy you guys, honest to goodness. 
my notes here in my handicapping, I've got the 11 on top, Speedboat Beach. And then my long shot is number three, Private Creed, 12 to 1 morning line, followed by the two that you just mentioned, Love Regina at 4 to 1. And then my fourth horse for supers is November 9, Sharp as a tap. 15 to 1 morning. So all three of us are kind of a combination of one another. Love that. Uh, hopefully, if we at least box them, we can hit the exacta, maybe more. It should pay very well. Let's keep it moving. Where do we want to go next, uh, Judd? We can, go the, we can go right after it, the Burger Step Juvenile Phillies. Uh, we can just Let's follow do it. down a little bit, try to knock a couple of these out. Uh, big Brad Cox fan. Uh, got to see some of that firsthand action. I mean, just the best best trainer in the world. Uh, it's time to close some really, really great guys around there. Brad, Blake, Corey, uh, son Bryson just took Landeros' book. Just a great barn. They got Chop Shop. She got a bad trip last time in the Alpha Bileys. Uh, two back on that turf race. It was the last race of a Kentucky Downs washed-out card. They had to cancel the card in the middle of it. A uh, big fan of her. You get Joel Rosario. She's training very forwardly. I feel like this is a race that goes through Brad. There's a lot of uh, what we call, what I call kind of some cheap speed in here. You know, some of these horses are a little bit in over their head, but they got some speed. You look at the two. You look at the five. Wonder Wheel, I don't think she's. I don't think she's going to be hard to beat. You got the Todd Pletcher horse coming in first time from the uh, state bred races in Florida. The race sets up for Brad, I think, and there's nobody I trust more than Joel Rosario, Brad Cox. I'm all in. Nice. What about you, Pop? Well, I'm kind of in reverse. I, I wrote down three horses here. I'm, I know that um, he just mentioned Chop Chop. But I like the horse that just beat Chop Chop that he mentioned is beatable and wonder will. Tyler Gaffleon has been the only jockey for Mark Cassio uh, with this horse. It's a three chimneys farm horse as well, too. So, you know, the pedigree's good. It's an into mischief. Uh, uh, it's an into mischief uh, coat as well. Uh, Philly, I'm sorry. Uh Philly as well. And I just got to go off the fact that the horse just won at Keeneland, had two bullets back to back, and then they kind of slowed the horse down to just get a good work in here on the 28th. And the horse hasn't worked since. So pretty much what happens here for me is I feel like Wonder Wheel will go ahead and be very comfortable on the track and be able to go ahead and get a big win. But Chop Chop is the horse that I have in the second hole because Chop Chop won a very good – just as Russ said, the horse won a very good race over at uh, Kentucky Downs, which is one of the tougher turf tra- turf races for any horse. So you, you look at that and tell yourself, okay, I like that. And then the horse only lost by a nose to uh, Wonder Wheel. So I feel like these horses – have a little bit of a rivalry, and they'll probably be hooking up again. But my third horse, my dark horse, is going to be Chocolate Gelato. And like when I was a little kid, it might be because I like the name a little bit too. Chocolate Gelato sounds like something pretty cool. It sounds like a winner. The horse just came off of a, uh, a banging win over at Aqueduct, and the horse looked really good on the dirt as well too. But it's making its uh, turf making its turf debut. It's been in nothing but dirt races, and I feel like the way the numbers are setting up for this horse, this horse should be really, really good. And I think that the horse will be one of the betting favorites as well too. The horse is at seven to two right now, Chocolate Gelato. But I think that this horse will probably go off at about maybe uh, five to two 
or three to one or something of that nature. But hopefully it'll go spike back up and we can get the highest number this horse has ever been, like four to one, because this horse has been the favorite in each and every one of its races as well, too. You know, a good chocolate gelato, by the way, is really, really thick. A good Italian gelato, very thick, and you could almost like pull it. Uh, I'm going to be real quick here. Top horses for me, number seven, Chop Shop. Number five, Wonder Wheel. My medium price is number 14, Raging Sea, Flavian Pratt once again, and Chad Brown. And my fourth horse is Chocolate Gelato. So once again, it's a mixture, all three of us. Uh, let's keep it moving. I'm going to ask you guys to be a little bit more brief with your answers because uh, we're still on Friday and we've only got like 15 minutes left and I definitely want to get through Saturday and get to the classic. So uh, talking with the racing with Judd here, uh, I keep calling him Judd, but of course his actual name is Kobe Judd, but because uh, I'm trying to do a, like a memory retention thing for you folks, I'm going with his racing name, uh, racing with Judd. So we'll stick with that. But it is Kobe for those who are wondering. So, Mr. Judd, let's keep him moving here. Yeah, so we're just going to the juvenile turf real quick. Always a yep. wide open race. Philly's juvenile turf. Uh, Euros pretty much dominate this. Uh, I'm still digging in this myself. But I think the more that I just look at it, I'm not big on Delight. Last out, she had a just a dream trip on the lead. She's probably the U.S.'s one of the best ones. I think the Aiden O'Brien runner is going to be huge. I think that, you know, you get that no-nay-never on top, meditate. These guys win a lot of races. The last time the British Cup was at Keeneland, I'm sorry, not the COVID year, the year before that, they had hit it a bomb, the juvenile uh, male turf. I think this is a race where you really dive into the Euros. And one more thing to add on that, uh, Ugeria, Exgeria, the Phil Bauer horse that was actually – in the uh, Al Spiley's last time, she's the one that kind of calls that ruckus uh, to get her disqualified. I think she's got a big effort getting back on the grass, but she draws that 13 hole. Pop, give me some numbers. I like the number nine horse because this is my boy right here back east. Louis Sayed just yes. got having a five length win over at Keeneland as well, too. I know I'm beat Homer and Keeneland, but. I know that the Keeneland folks are going to be all over their Keeneland horses, and I just want to be in on what they in on. And I know that he's going to be one of these special horses. Uh, Tom Thomas Jonathan is the uh, trainer for it as well, too. Horses just coming off the best win of its career, and I think that it's going to be it's going to be able to will itself around and have an even better performance, even though this is coming almost a few weeks after that performance as well, too. Then I got a I got a good one for you, and this is a uh, Cali horse as well too. Um, it's gonna be uh, I'm sorry, no, 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 no. That's for the juvenile. Um, I like number six. Be your best as well. The Irish horse, you know, I love my Irish brands as well too. The horse lost at Aqueduct, but it was a yielding track. But the horse was good at Saratoga, which was a much better. Uh, situation for the horse and the horse has been a downright big time favorite except for on its maiden special weight where it looked very good as well too and the horse is being rolled by Jose Ortiz so yeah, yeah you're in a good spot and then we wrap it up with uh, Pleasant Passage uh, at 12 to 1 this horse has never lost a race and that's what you like to see as well too and uh, once again this is going to be another uh, Ortiz uh, brother uh, situation so Irad is riding this horse so I like that one as well too. Awesome that sounds great man. Okay I'm going to give out one horse only. Number one Comanche Country, Phil D'Amato and 
the Euro Invader. He's actually been here for a while, so I was trying to pump it up. He's been uh, here for a long wrist time. Bully. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, that's 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 going to be my top choice. It is an Irish bred horse too, uh, but this horse is uh, really in good form. So I'm going to go with Comanche Country. So okay, let's keep it moving. Uh, maybe just for the next few races, guys, just give me numbers, unless you have something that you really want to explain. Uh, so that way we could keep it moving with a few minutes here. Yeah, I'll start juvenile. Uh, I think national treasure takes out cave rock. I think it's a pretty clear race. Something I'm going to take stand on. Okay. I like it. Who about you pop? Um, I'm okay. Cave rock looks like it's, it's a guaranteed winner, but, as uh, Judge just said, National Treasure and him are probably going to be doing a Santa Anita, uh, Santa Anita practice in the morning, possibly. But let me go ahead and throw somebody in the mix. Oh, uh, oh, uh, and this is going to be fun. Paulo Lobo's horse, Hurricane J. Whenever Paulo Lobo has some type of horse that's really good, that watch out. And Hurricane J at 30 to 1 with Joe Talamo riding. Let's see what happens. Another Keeneland winner. Let's see what we can do there. You know, I'm, I'm, I swear, I almost was going to guess. Like, if you gave me a second to guess, I would have uh, exactly would have said that you would have said. I was trying to read your mind there. Uh, I'm going to go with Forte, number four, four mm-hmm. to one. You already mentioned the uh, Ortiz brothers. So we got Irad on this one. And uh, who, who used to on TVG say, uh, you leave out Pletcher, you leave in a stretcher. Todd Pletcher, I think he gets uh, gets the job done here. Also another horse in, with really good form. And he likes the course, right? Won at Keeneland last out last month. Let's move on to race number 10, Judd. Race number 10, scrolling down right now. Oh, the Breeders' Cup Juvenile uh, Turf. Same thing, man. The Euros, I mean, you got to pack a lot of weight. And I still haven't, I still haven't came up with a, a uh, set top pick on this. I think Silver Knight's going to have right. a huge effort for William yeah. Duke. Can you hear me? Yeah, oh yeah. I was just saying, that's all right, even yeah. if you're not uh, entirely set yet. Yeah, I think that it's one of those races where I constantly go back and forth. But I think Paxawallop for, Paxawallop for uh, Jeff Mullins is going to run a big race from the Southern California uh, team, it, this is a race where you got to go deep. I think you get a good price here. Nice. You know, that makes Pop and I happy, West Coasters. Pop, what do you say? And uh, I'm going to go with the horse by the name of, and the winner is with uh, Joel Rosario riding. Yeah, Pratt rode the horse last time over at Keeneland in the Bourbon, but the Bourbon, even Judd can attest to that. The Bourbon is a good race to get you ready for this race right here. And I just think that the the and the winner is with Joel Rosario can be very much trusted. Horse one by two and three fourths. I really like it. And then I got some value in this spot as well, too, with mustache. And then I'm gonna go with a, a trainer that I really don't deal with that much, but his horse is hot coming up in here. That's gonna be Jeff Mullins horse packs a while up. And come on, he got some money might ride in the horse. So let's go. Awesome, man. I'm gonna go with uh number six like you just mentioned, and the winner is. And I'm going to give you guys a long shot that I love. And I don't use that word very often. Number seven, really good. My man, Luis Saez, you talked about him, Pop, so I won't add to that. Probably one of the top two or three riders in the world, in my opinion. And he's got Mike Maker. 
local trainer out there knows the track and this horse had a, a good effort at Keeneland last out uh, and he has a cutback in di- or she has a cutback in distance from a mile and a 16th to this mile here. So that wraps up Friday. Let's get to Saturday. Where do you want to start, uh, Kobe? Well, we can we can make it quick. We can start at three. Brewers Cup, Philly Mare Sprint. You got the defending champ, Cece. I think Edgeway, another South, Southern California horse. I've always been a big fan of Edgeway. I think she's a fantastic horse. I think she's coming up the right way. Juan Hernandez gets to stick the mound. She ran big last time beating Slammed. A lot of speed in this race. Edgeway's got enough tactical speed to be close early, but she's not a need to lead tight. I think she could pull off the upset 15 to 1. She'll be the moneymaker on Saturday. Nice. Now, uh, I want each of you guys, let's start with you, Judd. How can people follow you on social media and how can they get your picks? Uh, just want to make sure at we don't Racing run out of time to uh, lay that out. Yeah, at Racing with Judd, there's a website on the page. You can follow it, PayPal, Venmo. And uh, yeah, we'll send it over. Uh, we're going to do 30 bucks for a day or 50 bucks for both. Awesome. Good stuff. And Pop, how uh, how can people follow you on social media and get your picks? And then a, a quick word on uh, number race number three, if you got anything. Well, I got uh, you guys can hit me up at Pop DiBiase, and you guys already know what the deal is. You guys can become a part of the PTSI family, and if you do sign up uh, with me this weekend and get your Breeders' Cup cards, you'll be able to get your uh, NFL plays, your NBA, your college football as well too. Uh, it'll be all a part of uh, the packages and things like that. But you guys hit me up uh, more than anything. I'll be sharing most of my stuff anyway on Twitter as is, but. Thing is, though, if you do want to get the exclusive card, we will be. I will be able to, you know, throw you some things like that because I'm not going to give out every horse. I'll just give out the horse that I'm going to be putting my money on. You got anything on race three? Or race keep three, it moving. Race three. Um, I didn't study this race that okay. much, but I would say this: uh, why don't we have some fun and be like Shy Town Lady, Wesley Ward and uh, Flavian Pratt? You know what I mean? So They're 20 to one. I cannot argue that. I'll take that all day. I'm going to go with number one slammed 12 okay. or sorry, 15 to one Florent Giroux and a trainer. I don't play very much. He's I think he's from the New Mexico circuit, Todd Fincher. Uh, but I liked his efforts at Del Mar a short time ago, and uh, he came back with a really good sprint effort at Keeneland last month. So I think this horse keeps the momentum going. Okay, let's uh, let's keep the momentum going ourselves. And by the way, folks, these aren't competing handicappers. Like Pop mentioned, he's definitely more sports-oriented. He's got a very diverse uh, packages that are available. Um, and, you know, when it comes to horse racing, I always like to have two or three, you know, different handicappers' opinions because that's how I put together some of my uh, – you know, horizontal plays, etc. You know, I'll take a long shot from Judd. I'll take a long shot from Pop. I'll throw in one of mine and maybe a, a logical horse or two and then uh, and, and figure out which one I could maybe hone in on for a single or maybe too deep on one of the legs. But this isn't a competing thing. This is complements one another. So let's keep it going here. Race four, if you got anything. Campanelli. I think I did this the first time we did this. I was all in on Campanelli over Aunt Pearl. I remember uh, everybody's that. Everybody's been playing. 
Yeah, that was a big one, man. I was disappointed, especially too how much I love Brad and Aunt Pearl, man. She she ran she ran one of the best races I've ever seen. But I think Campanelli coming in from Kentucky Downs, she's training well. I've always been under the let's say assertion that Golden Pal is maybe a little overrated. We're going five and a half furlongs on the grass. I think Campanelli can pull up the upset. The best jockey of all time, Frankie DeTorian, Wesley Ward. Everybody said it. I think she's got a big shot, man. Okay, by the way, I'm not going to waste time because I'm I'm on the same horse, by the way, uh, Campanelli, and I'm also on the 12, Bran, 15 to 1. Pop, do you got anything for race four, or should we keep it rolling? Keep it rolling, man. All right. Judd, where do we want to go to next, race five or beyond? I have race okay, five. I can keep it going. Let's go to fifth. Let's re- race five. Both of you guys have a pick. Go for it, Judd. Laurel River, big winner of the Pat O'Brien. No questions on the two-term for that. He won an optional 80 at Delmore, 136 flat, one with ease. Not big on the rider change to Irad Ortiz Jr., but it is Judmont, so I understand. Bob Baffert, count me in. Cody's Wish could run a big race, too, but I'm questioning the two-turns for him. And, of course, Cyberknife for Brad oh, Cox yeah. is by far his best three-year-old. Cyberknife's my pick, by the way. I've been riding Cyberknife since uh... – uh, I got turned on to him at Oaklawn Park uh, in the early uh, spring in the Kentucky Derby Trail. That's when I was on Cyberknife. I'm going with him, wheeling him back around. Once again, Florent Giroux and Brad Cox. Pop, who you got? Um, I like Cyberknife, uh, the nine horse. I like Cody's Wish, and I like G Not Gun, Gun It, Gun It, Gun It. What, I don't know what they want to call that word. Okay, good night. I thought it was going to be G Unit for a second. nice okay sounds good let's keep it rolling we only have a few minutes left here let's go to race six judd we'll just keep going into same rotation here in italian lone speed huge win last out grade one in the first lady i think as we get a little bit deeper into this card you get a little bit more shock here obviously no uh no spoiler for the end but yeah beautiful pop I don't have anything here, but I got to agree with Judd. I hate to say this. I know this to Keeneland, but the last Keeneland uh, Breeders' Cup was very chalky, and all the horses that were the superstar horses won. So uh, I don't have anything for race six. I'm only distaff, turf, and classic left. Okay, uh, no no worries there. I'm on the 11 in Italian as well. So that's a trifecta for us. Uh, well, the three of us, not a trifecta. That'd be a one-horse box. If there is a long shot that I'm going to throw in, it's number eight, Family Way. Okay, let's go to race seven. Race seven, I think I, I haven't set it in stone, but I know I'm playing against Jackie's Warrior. I'm not big on the Asmussen barn on big days. Uh, I think that uh, you can find somebody with a little bit more uh, for a trainer for a barn that can have a horse step up a little bit. I think Kamari. I haven't set this one down 100% yet, but I think I'm leaning towards Kamari. Kamari could run a huge race tomorrow for Wesley Ward. He decided to go in this spot and not the Breeders, uh, the Philly Mare Distaff or the Philly Mare Sprint. I think she could run a big race against the boys. Okay, sounds good. Now, literally, we've got two minutes left. So let's just do numbers until we get to the classic. Race eight, uh, uh, race seven pop numbers or race eight? You can skip me, bro. I don't want to okay. waste. Okay, uh, race eight numbers. Uh, I think King King Kinross, 13, Frankie Dettori. Awesome. I'm going to skip this one. Uh, Let's keep it moving. Let's go to race nine. Who do you like? 
And then Distaff, 864. 864, okay. 864 for him. I'm going to do 1-6 probably. Again, that's another one I'm going to try to find upset. I do like Society out of that 8 hole. Big fan. Mm-hmm. Very good. I'm skipping this one again. I'm going to save my money for this uh, late final four races here. Uh, I'll start with race nine. I'm just going to go with Society. Six to one, number eight. That's my top choice, followed by the seven and six. Let's box six, seven, eight. Judd. Uh, we're moving into the 10th now. This is a race that's wide open. I'm going to dig more into it, to be honest with you. Not not total in this European race. Three turns. It could be wide open. Mishrif, but he's in bad form. Okay. What about you, Pop? Mile and a half. Seven, five, two on the turf. Good stuff. I, uh, I'm i going to go with eight, 10, 13, all long shots. I'm not going to put a lot of money into this one. I'm going to go very deep here for uh, pick threes, pick fours, but I'm going to box those numbers for my trifecta. Let's get to race 11. This is the race where flight line's They're three to be- five favorite, and we got about a minute, 45 seconds. Well, we need about one second. Flight line by pole, Tate, but Mike Smith, Bob Baffert gets up the two holes. Number four, flight line's my single as well. Pop, can you beat him or no? I got flight line, but I got my eye on Tabia. Okay, let's get to the classic, the big race of the day, race 12, the finale. Who you like, my friend? No, no, we just did the classic. 12th is uh, overnight stakes. Oh, my, my apologies. I am, I, am, uh, I am tripping here. So I guess we could uh, spend a little bit more time on, on race 11 if need be. Uh, I got mixed up here with my notes. But, yeah, I think flight line, I hate to end the day with a three to five, but sometimes he's got to take the single where you're going to take him, right? So I think it could still pay well if those uh, first three legs, we all threw out some good horses to key in on. Um, so my just, sw- that's a wrap. Hey, the reason why the race is going to be bad because it's not like the race that California Chrome and Share Belief were in, still the greatest classic of all time at Santa Anita, because I had Bayorn that day. When you throw 14 horses in there, we can have ourselves a race. You know what I mean? Oh, but yeah. Fix, it's going to be, okay, let's all throw it in on flatline for the pageantry classic victory. You know what I mean? For sure. And the reason I said that I was going to go deep in the mile and a half race is because I'm not that very good with the three-turn races, just being honest, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and that, that Judd pointed out. Uh, but the mile and a quarter distance, thats uh, I would say that's probably one of the best distances I'm at, that and six furlongs. So once again, thank you guys. I apologize that we had to do this uh, speed round style. But definitely appreciate it. I think we got out some good numbers. And I hope that uh, subscribers tune in, listen in, and sign up with you guys. Judd, thank you so much. Pop, thank you so much. We'll do this again next year, of course, Judd. Pop, we'll see you next week. That is all the time we have. Thank you for listening, everyone. We will see you same time, same place next week. Enjoy your sports weekend, everyone. Thanks for joining us this week for the Mike Abadir Show. Please tune in again next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time for another show with Mike and his co-host, Gino Bacola, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week.